The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Cornerstone Baptist Church and Pastor Stephen Stewart. Hello, church family. I want to welcome you here on this Sunday morning. Uh, this is new to all of us, and so uh, I want you to pray for me as we uh, approach uh, this time of message. Let me give you just a little bit of an update uh, once again where we're at. Uh, for the next two weeks, we're going to be meeting in this fashion, and our service schedule is going to be, I'm going to continue preaching through our series in Genesis, but I'm going to break it down and break the videos down so they're a little bit shorter, easier to watch, uh, in brief moments, and then be able to uh, spread them out throughout the week. And so that is our intention. And so I'm going to go back and review just a little bit and then get into today's message. Now, there is one message that we've given that I believe addresses uh, the uncertainty and the circumstances that we're facing right now. And uh, we looked at that last week from the book of 2 Timothy chapter number 1. Where the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And that power is divine power that comes for and through the filling of the Holy Spirit. And so as the Holy Spirit of God indwells us, He gives us that power that only He can. And from that power comes the fruit of the Spirit, which we could see summed up in that word love. And then the Bible teaches us that God has given us a sound mind, a very practical mind, a balanced mind to be able not to be tossed to and fro with everything that we are hearing and seeing in the world around us, but to be able to be focused upon Him and to be stable through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so God is not intended for us to be fearful and panicking at this time, though there is much uncertainty, but we as Paul told the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter number 4 that we're not to be careful or worry or filled with anxiety at this time because the Lord is at hand. We know He is in control. We know He is able to uh, help us and calm us and provide for us at this time. And He's given us the local church that in a very visible way that we're able to help and encourage and to communicate uh, that, that spirit of power and love and a sound mind to one another. And so let's do our very best to really reach out into our community in the days ahead. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers uh, just who it is that has settled you and has given you that spirit. And that is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be a witness for Him. Let's see Him use us in a great way. And may He really add to His church and use us to really affect this community for Him in the days ahead. And so that message that we gave last week, I believe it's found on our church Facebook page. And I believe we also could post that on our church website. And so I want you to go back and listen to that again in its entirety and to be able to draw from the scriptural principles and the truths of God's word to really give you stability uh, during this uncertain time. It would also be a great tool to pass along to friends or family and to refer them and to show them just uh, the, uh, the truth of God's Word. And uh, maybe it will open up a conversation with them uh, that you can be able to then share the gospel. 
I want to draw our attention now to the book of Genesis and Genesis chapter number three. We have been uh, in the book of Genesis since the beginning of this year. And my, what an uncertain year it's already been. And we're thankful for God's Word, and we're thankful that in the book of Genesis that God gives us a foundation uh, for everything in our life. And so the Lord has already, we've seen in just the first two chapters, that He is helping us see that all the major questions of life that we have, that the world is seeking after, uh, He is able to give answers to those and a foundation to build our life upon. We're talking about questions of where did we come from, our origin. Uh, we're talking about questions of what is my purpose. And God has given us meaning for our life and our purpose. Uh, we have questions of morality. How am I to live? And God in His Word is able to give that to us and direct us uh, through His principles. And then uh, the question of destiny. What about after this life? What about uh, when I die, when I take my last breath? Uh, the unknown. Does God have an answer for that? And He does. And the Bible says that all these things, all these questions that we have, where did I come from? What am I to do? How am I to live? Where am I going? God has given us the answers from His Word. And we see that here in the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2. And we come into chapter number 3 today. And as we enter into chapter number 3, I want us to go back and review and to see what has brought us here. Because in chapter number 3, something is going to take place that is going to change the course of human history. As a matter of fact, from Genesis chapter number 3 to the very end of the Bible, we see that there's a problem that we're always facing and something that has plagued mankind, and that's sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man's sin, that would be Adam, his sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And that is the message, and we see the redeeming principles found in God's Word as God desires to bring reconciliation back between Himself and man, and how Jesus did that on the cross. And so we're seeing the very beginning of that and how that took place right here in Genesis chapter number 3. We looked through our outline uh, through Genesis as, first of all, the creation of man. We saw that in Genesis chapter number 1, that God created male and female, and they were created in the likeness of God. The Bible says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And in Genesis chapter number 2, the Bible says that he created man and he made him a living soul. And that living soul meant that he gave man the opportunity to have intellect, understanding, a will to be able to make choice, and emotion to be able to know a happiness and sorrow that God made man uh, with that capability. And we're going to be able to see that played out here, especially in chapter number three. We saw that God commissioned man, that God gave him a purpose in Genesis chapter one and verse number 28. And then in chapter number two, that God gave man a commandment, a commandment. He withheld from him the minimum, one tree and the fruit of one tree, and gave him the maximum, 
the whole garden, the whole world to be able to enjoy. But man had the ability to express his freedom, his choice, and he chose, as we'll see today, he chose his own will, his own way. We find also in Genesis chapter number 2 that God made man a companion. It was not good for man to be alone. And so God created Eve. And we see the establishment there of the first home, the family. And throughout Scripture we see it uh, uh, once again and again and again reiterated to us the importance of the home, the family. In chapter 3 we'll enter into the corruption of man, sinfulness, and what that did, and the consequences of sin. And so as God gave man the freedom of choice, God, though, showed that there was consequences to those choices. And we'll see the consequences of man's sin as we enter into this study of Genesis chapter number 3. I want to begin reading in verse number 1, if you follow along in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, where the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. I'm going to stop our reading right there, because we're going to continue this. We'll continue it uh, this evening and then throughout uh, the week into next week. But I want us to focus just on this first uh, introduction of Genesis chapter number 3. And I want us to see that here we have uh, before us the temptation from Satan to Eve. We see that Eve and, and Adam were able to express the will that God made them with and the choice that he allowed them. They had freedom, freedom to choose. And that was the ultimate act of love that God gave, the freedom of choice. We're not mere robots that God just created here upon this earth. And we can only, as if we're pre-programmed to do only what he uh, desires for us to do, whether it's good or bad. He gave us the manner of choice, a matter of choice that we are able to exhibit in that freedom. And here we see that expressed uh, in a negative way by Adam and Eve. The Satan came through the serpent and asked a question. This is the first question found in the Bible in verse number one. The Bible says, He said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And we see the woman's response. That question, her response to this question, the question was a little deceiving. Uh, Satan was questioning God. He came and, and was asking, does God really uh, want to withhold something from you? 
You do know why he's doing that, don't you? And Satan has used these questions and he tempts in ways that we see all throughout the Bible from Matthew chapter 4, the temptation of Jesus. And in other places we see that as he comes uh, at people, he comes at their, their intellect and their will and their emotions and he, he plays on those. And that is what he's doing to Eve. And he's questioning what God has said. And Eve's response we see here, and this is where I want to draw our point this morning, is that the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. What Eve there did, we see immediately, is that she added to what God had said. Now, God had given Adam, back in chapter number 2, in verse number 16, He gave him a commandment. And this was His commandment. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Did you see what was missing there from what God said and what Eve how Eve responded to the serpent? God said, you shall not eat of it. Now Eve said, and she added to God's word, when she said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And there's always a problem when we add to God's word. I want to make that point today. Let us be very careful not to add to the Word of God. Now, some might say, where did she get this from? Could it have been that Adam said, Eve, this is how we're going to live. God said that we should not eat of this, but we need to make our own rule to say we shouldn't touch it. And that way, if we don't touch it, we're not going to eat of it. That sounds like a good rule, doesn't it? It sounds like sometimes the way we live our life is that we set preferences around our life. And we do so to protect us and to keep us from sinning. But we've got to understand that when we set preferences around our life, if it's not directly from God's Word, we can never claim it to be God's Word. And we should never act like God said something when He hasn't said something. Even if it's a preference or a guideline to help us and to keep us from sinning. I believe that could be a good thing. Adam and Eve could have got together and said, we're, we're going to make uh, this our, our, our preference. We're not even going to touch it. God said, don't eat it, but we're, we're not even going to touch it. They could have even took it a step further and said, we're not even going to look at it. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe it didn't. But nevertheless, she added to God's word. And when she added to God's word, she was opening herself up to further temptation. And that temptation led to sin. The thing that maybe they tried to establish to keep them away from, now she had partaken of it. And it had led her to sin. See, we must be very careful not to put our own words or even our own thoughts about something as if they're God's word. We need to hold them as as, as our own, our own will and our own emotion. But we cannot attribute that to the Lord. God had said very clearly to not eat of the tree. And Eve's response was, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. 
The serpent immediately saw an opening there in verse 4 and said, Ye shall not surely die. Sometimes when we begin to live on our own uh, boundaries rather than what God said, we'll see that sometimes if we cross those boundaries, we'll say, see, look, it, it's okay. But it's really opening us up because it wasn't God's word that we were focused on. It was our word. It was our preference. It was our will. And there's a battle here between following God's will and following our own will. And where we run into a lot of danger is when we begin to confuse the two. When we begin to think that our will is truly God's will. When we need to submit ourselves to God's will, even if we, we are trying to protect ourselves from things, which I believe is wise, I believe we all have that, and the Holy Spirit of God should lead us and guide us into those, uh, those truths and those practices that we have according to the principles of God's Word, but we can never, ever confuse the two. When we do, it opens us for temptation from the devil. It, it brings confusion. It can confuse us. It can confuse those around us. It can confuse our children. We must teach and preach what God has said. Let the truth of God's word then guide us. We can build from it and we can, we can do things to guard us, but we must never confuse that. We must never hold our will over God's will. When we do those things, it opens us up for further temptation and can lead us to sin. The sin of Adam and Eve was great. The sin of Adam and Eve really turned the course of all humanity. But our sin has consequences too. And we must be very, very careful to not open ourselves up to fall for temptation when it becomes our will versus God's will. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Cornerstone Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thank you once again for tuning in.